1: Welcome to the Auburn Live Podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where do you go? Where do you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place. A great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, Just go check them out, Southeastern on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow restaurant, also on Magnolia on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bao uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp, shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had Chinese bao, it's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bao restaurant, downtown Auburn, and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, welcome in to another Auburn live show. It is Friday morning, and I'm just going to go ahead and say we've made it. Um, that's kind of how I look at Fridays on college football weekends is, for me, it's the weekend. I mean, you're basically there. You're, you're preparing for travel, and you know, you're getting off work early, or you're not doing work, basically. Um, on a Friday, so I think Friday morning counts as 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 us being there. Appreciate everybody joining us on Auburn Live Show. I am Justin Hokinson, and with me is uh, a longtime friend, and awesome college football writer from uh, CBS Sports, Barrett Salee. Barrett, what's up, man?
0: Not much, hope. Congrats to uh, being back on the beat. We missed you in our uh, our industry, and uh, glad uh, glad things are going well for you.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. They are going well, and I'm glad to be back, man. Um, well, let's get right into it, man. Um, Auburn has Akron, 37-point favorite. Don't think there's any drama there. I think this is just sort of about Auburn this weekend. Like, what, what does a Brian Harson team look like? And and what is it going to start to look like? What What's – just kind of catch me up, because I haven't talked to you, obviously, you know, in, in a while. Catch me up on kind of what your impressions have been of the Brian Harson hire. Um, you know, how difficult is the Auburn job right now in, in your eyes? And just kind of – up to this date, where, where, where do you think Auburn is as a program? What do you think of Harson so far?
0: I like Brian Harson. I think that maybe he didn't do a good job targeting recruits right away and was a little bit too uh, cautious or, or just uh, focused in a little bit too much on specific guys rather than casting a wide net. But that's something that I think will happen this year. Um, you know, now that he's got his staff, I love the staff, a mix of his guys and a mix of, of SEC lifers, which is great. Uh, I like the fact that he's got – uh, two former head coaches as coordinators uh, that certainly will help him in the SEC. Uh, and really he's a darn good football coach. I think anybody that's watched him at Boise State knows that. So I think it's the right hire. And I think the biggest thing, I mean, Justin, you and I both know this, that Auburn has way too many chefs in the kitchen, right? Like that's just always been the case. Always. And the way that coaching search went, um, you know, basically Alan Green and, and you know, that the small core settled on Brian Harson. and Kind of, you know, kept the noise out of it, and I think that's great for Harson because it's not going to put the kind of pressure on him that Gus had and that previous staffs had, uh, as long as that sphere of influence stays as small as it is right now. So uh, I like it from that perspective, and really, I think the biggest thing now is just uh, putting a stamp on the program. I think strength and conditioning. You know, standing next to Auburn the last couple of years on the sideline, that didn't look like an, an SEC caliber roster. They they just didn't seem to be. Uh, as big, fast, and as strong as they needed to be. And that's going to take some while, a while. And obviously that's the focus of the new staff. So uh, that's not something you fix overnight.
1: Are you with me on, so here's how I look at coaching hires now. I guess it's just, I don't know, just seeing, seeing, you know, being in it for a little bit now. Um, but I mean, I think back to like Tom Herman at Texas, I thought, how, how would you not have thought that that was going to be a great hire? And, 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 you know, uh, um now i'm drawing a blank who 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 just got fired it was a great um who who in the heck just left who who's my other example um now i'm 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 totally going blank right now um but anyway there was there was somebody else that recently i thought that just left the job or got fired that we thought was going to be um a home run hire but anyway my point is on on these coaching hires is i it's to the point now where I feel like, I mean, I feel like you can only judge just a few things in trying to figure out, okay, are they a good fit? And then past that, you have no idea. I mean, you just, you just don't like, I guess to me, I'm like, okay, are there some foundational things that they do that should work in building a program? Should it work in the SEC past that? I can't tell you who's going to turn out and who's not and what injuries or hey, they're going to miss out on that really important offensive tackle they needed in a recruiting class, and that's going to set them back. And like, there's just so many things that go into it now. Um, so when, when, we, when we look at Brian Harson and whether or not he's going to be successful or not, I have no clue. Yeah. I mean, I just know he's a really disciplined coach, and he seems like a guy who's going to pay attention to the details in terms of building a program. Um, I think he's the kind of guy that will get people sort of on his page on this is how it's going to be run, mm-hmm. but past that, I have no clue how that's going to turn out.
0: Yeah. And I think the structure that he's going to bring and the, the formula that he has is certainly going to help Auburn. Um, and, and, you know, you're right. You know, it's hard to sort of gauge where things are because Tom Herman, I thought that he was going to be the guy that finally brought Texas back. And, you know, Scott after Ross. what happened with him as a coordinator at Ohio state, Scott, that's Scott who I was Ross. thinking
1: of because we just <laughs> lost. He's not, he, I was like, Scott. somebody's fired already. Scott Ross is, everybody was like perfect hire. I mean, well, great
0: hire. yeah. Well, it is it is Friday morning. Give it give it a give it twenty four hours, Scott Frost <laughs> might actually get fired. But yeah. uh, but no, I mean I, you know I, I thought Tom Herman was going to work out perfectly, and um, you know because he's he's a smart guy, he understands football, he understands how to uh, how to um, you know be innovative and be ahead of the times, and you know we don't know it's a crapshoot. You know back when Urban Meyer got hired by Florida, I mean a lot of folks said that one going to work because red offense ain't going to work in the SEC. Now oh, everybody runs it. I mean,
1: it's yeah. and and
0: built upon it. So yeah, you don't really know. Um, I'm fine with the fact that he's an outsider, um, and I think that's the one criticism that a lot of people had is that you know he's he's from Boise. He really hasn't spent any time in, in the southeast, save for when he was at Texas as an assistant and when he was the head coach at, at Arkansas State for for a little while. But I don't really think that matters. The assistant coaches, the recruiting directors, all those guys. Um, are are heavily involved. A lot of them are SEC guys. A lot of them are Auburn guys. So, you know, I I think think it'll be fine. And I think the one thing you mentioned, the discipline on and off the field, uh, in and out of the football complex, uh, is going to be huge for setting the tone for the program. And as long as he can be the same kind of football coach on the field, play calling uh, and managing like he was at Boise State, they'll be fine.
1: Um, I ask everybody this. Um, cause I'm curious where you're at Bo Nix. Um, <laughs> one, uh, is this the year? Um, and two, um, how short a leash do you think he has and how short a leash, like, would you have him on? I mean, TJ Finley's come on. Carson said that he's, he's done. Okay. He's done better. Where are you at on Bo and, and how should they approach it? I mean, should it be Bo's job and let him go out there and struggle again on the road at Penn state or, does, should he have by now? Should he have a really short leash? And if he doesn't get it done, you should not even think twice and give TJ Finley a shot. Like, wh- wh- what's your take on on how this might play out?
0: I think he should have a medium sized leash. I mean, obviously, this is the, the spot where we're supposed to throw out that bone next Dark Horse Heisman quote, and that, <laughs> yeah. that Twitter has. Um, but no, I mean, I think we don't. I think Bo in, in reality in retrospect was not a good fit for what Gus wanted to do. Um, and Gus didn't develop him and he became a one-read-and-bail quarterback. Uh, one read-and-bail to on the right. Like, that's what he did. And, you know, you're going to have more responsibility in Mike Bobo's offense. You're not going to be asked to run as much uh, throughout history. the last I think the last quarterback that, or that ran for over 300 yards for his team was D.J. Shockley way back in 2005.
1: Wow. Uh, you know, so
0: you're not going to have that element of it. So You're going to have to go through your reads, progressions. You're going to have to know the offense front and back. And I think actually that's going to help Bo a lot because – he didn't really do that. Like He wasn't even asked to do that under Gus. So, uh, I think this fits him better, but he's still got to execute and and show that he's capable of, of performing in that way. Um, so I, I wouldn't say a short leash, but if he continues to be the guy that we saw last year,
1: then yeah, you might
0: have to give TJ Finley a, a shot. And, um, I I don't think you're going to you're going to learn that over the course of the first two games. So he'll be the quarterback going into Penn State and we'll see what happens from there. So, um, you know, I'm not not saying Bo's going to be a Heisman contender or a dark horse Heisman contender or even a star. But I do think you have to let him show you what he can do inside of of not necessarily a new offense, although it is different, uh, but an offense that certainly puts more on his shoulders.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. I mean, there's so many little things to watch. Like, well, the offensive line's got to be a little better, um, but then Bo, Bo Nix's footwork's got to be better, um, and then his decision making's got to be better. Like, it's not one thing. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a bunch of things that have to come together to to improve the whole thing. I mean, if if the offensive line's better and Bo's footwork isn't, then not a lot of progress is going to be made. And if Bo Nix's decision making is better, but the line is still letting guys come through the middle, then then <laughs> not a lot not a lot's going to change there. And you know, you've got maybe more check downs with the running back or maybe maybe a tight end option or something. Um, that's why I think Tank could have a really good year catching the football. I mean, mm-hmm. he had 11 catches last year, but I think he could have 25, you know, yeah. catches this year or something like that. Um, and so Sean Shivers could probably have another 15. Like, so um, that'll be interesting to see if he takes advantage of that. So we kind of know offense. We sort of know what it comes down to. Can the Auburn defense keep this team in some games? I think defensive tackle is kind of the one spot, like if that can pan out. Not a lot of depth there. But seems like there's some athletes in the secondary and you got experienced linebackers. Can this defense keep them in in some games at least until the offense finds a rhythm?
0: Yeah, for sure. Especially since they get, you know, two games to sort of figure out the defensive tackle spot and test out some of the guys uh that are new, new faces, like the kid from UAB, Tony Fair. So, you know, I think. With, with Auburn, you know, your line the linebackers, I mean, I don't want to say they're better or worse than Alabama and Georgia, but I mean, you're talking about, you know, $50 stakes at that point. You're not going to be wrong, whichever one you choose. Secondary, you know, I think is fine. So, yeah, I think the defense, if the defense is average to slightly above average, especially early, it'll be huge to get the offense, um, you know, sort of rolling. And I think they can be that. And and honestly, I think they can be a top tier defense in the SEC if they can figure out how to get pressure, especially pressure with four. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the, the silver lining is all right, look, you have, uh, you have a, a, a window to get better and you have a coach in Derek Mason who understands what it takes. And it's going to take a little while for con- for this team to become consistent year, two years, whatever. But the defense will be able to keep them in most games. And I think that's all you really want. I know Auburn folks hate to hear about rebuilding, but this is a rebuilding year. This is not a, a way for, you know, Brian to set a tone. And so you're going to have to go through some, some ups and downs, but if the defense keeps them in every game, then I think that's all right. Especially uh, considering, I think from a talent perspective as college players, they're still a pretty significant step uh, back from some of the big boys.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit of a, a a re rebuild job or, you know, maybe a restructure job. Um, Maybe that's somewhere between reload and rebuild. I don't know. Um, But, but I will say, you know, Harson. I mean, coming in, I mean, you got, you have a program that went to a bowl last year, Mm -hmm. didn't miss a bowl under Gus Malzahn. Um, You have a $92 million football facility happening next season. You're already recruiting to that. You're already using Mm -hmm. that to recruit. Um, yeah, you have a you have some talent. It's not completely devoid of talent. It's just devoid of talent at a few positions and depth-wise. Like it's overall, man, not a bad situation to come into yeah. a power five school or a school like Auburn to to start kind of to get your opportunity for Brian Harson. Like I mean, Gus Malzon came in after the worst, maybe the worst season in the history <laughs> of Auburn football. Like it could be a lot worse. I mean, um, Brian Harson's got to be pretty uh, fortunate. Are pretty, you know, pretty grateful to come in to Auburn. You know, now I get the competition, Alabama, Clemson. Like we get that, but as far as Auburn goes, um, pretty, pretty good situation. And he, and I'll let you answer that. He, he had some interesting comments. We had Ben Leard on a couple of weeks ago, and and he was telling a story about Harson talking to the Letterman Club. It's pretty interesting how they asked him, "Hey, what do you need from us, coach?" And uh, Harson said, "Hey." I, he, he made a comment to him he said look since I've been here this was probably a month into the job two months in the job whatever he said since I've been here all I've heard about is Alabama and LSU <laughs> he goes all all everybody wants to say is well Alabama's doing this and LSU's doing this and he goes nobody no, we're not talking about Auburn he goes we got to fix our own house first yeah and, and I think that's true and I also think it speaks to sort of his standards the fact that everything I just described Auburn Auburn football is not in a bad position, but yet yeah. in Brian Harson's eyes, he's going, there's a lot of things I see that need to be fixed. I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. And, and I think uh, two things on that. One, it's nice to have somebody from the outside who doesn't really worry about that stuff until it becomes, you know, an issue. And obviously he, he has to, to nip it in the bud. Um, but no, I think he recognizes that there's it, there's some work to do to, to put his stamp on that program, which is, is totally fine. And I think it goes that goes a long way towards getting the old guard, the boosters that have had Alabama on the brain at all times, to step away and say, All right, look, you know, Auburn was successful being Auburn in the midst of the Alabama run. You don't have to worry about Alabama because even in their dynasty, Auburn was successful. And I think Brian Harson, being a true outsider, will pro- kind of hammer that point home because. He actually doesn't care about it. He literally does not care. And in some cases, I guess, is ignorant of the fact, which is a good thing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think both of those things are going to be a big deal. Because Gus won, Gus being Gus, both as a coordinator and a head coach. And that's great. He did it during Alabama. He beat Saban three times, all that other fun stuff. But I think he got tired. I think the, the pressure that was from the higher-ups got to him and made it very, very, uh, difficult to function because he's the happiest I've ever seen him right now at UCF. (laughs) And, you know, so, uh, I just, it's to me finding a way, and maybe it's going back to something we talked about earlier, the circle of influence has has shrunk, um, because of the way that coaching search went. That's probably, those are probably all good things to, you know, to, to sort of pound in, pound home. The fact that, it really doesn't matter what those other schools can do. If Auburn can be Auburn, Auburn can win the national championship. They can win SEC championships. It's totally fine not being Alabama's little brother, and, and Auburn's not anymore.
1: Yeah, I saw a really interesting article, um, I guess it was yesterday, on from Five Thirty Eight. Um, Alex Kushner, Kushner, I can't remember who it is, but he, he, he did a little article on, he created kind of this system ranking. Basically, he was trying to figure out who is Alabama hurt the most in the SEC. What programs – have their success, who is it really hurt? Florida, Georgia, Tennessee were at the top. And based yeah. on his based on what he put together, Auburn was literally at the bottom mm-hmm. um, in terms of programs that he hurt because they beat him in, you know, under Sabin, they you, know, you go back to Tubberville in 07, they beat Saban, 10, 13, 17, 19. They got five wins over Saban and won a national championship, been to one. Now, the thing that Auburn fans want to see is consistency. That's all great, yeah. but the reason Gus isn't here is because they're tired of the roller coaster is, is just got to them. So I I think your point is a valid one. All right. I'll let's end on this. Um, What's a good season for Auburn A tough schedule Penn state at LSU at Penn state at Texas A&M Georgia and Alabama at home. And then of course, you know, Ole Miss at home, tricky game, like, so tough schedule. What's a good season. Is it wins losses? Is it something else that you're looking for? Like what constitutes a, a decent successful season in your eyes?
0: I think it's eight and four and being in those losses, you know, having chances in those losses because the schedule stuff, I mean, I picked Georgia to win the national championship, Alabama's Alabama. I picked LSU to, to win the SEC West. So oh, wow. those are three right now. And then, you know, at A&M is always tough. That place is, is wild. Ole Miss, like you said, ultra dangerous. Uh, so, you know, I think and then Penn state obviously on the road, they go eight and four. That means they probably won a game that they shouldn't have. Yeah. And if they're, if they do that and they're in pretty much all the games that they lose, that's, that's fine. Like, that's fine. It's, it's a terrible schedule. There's not much you can do about it right now. So, you know, just show your, show competitiveness and not get blown out when you lose. And I think you're right. The consistency, um, the roller coaster has, has been a lot for, for Auburn folks to, to withstand. I mean, look, I know. I'm. Not, I went to Auburn. My dad went to Auburn. My stepdad played at Auburn. I've seen them. They they lose their minds. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as as long as they're not getting blown out, and you know, you got to suffer through a heartbreak of a couple of of heartbreaking close defeats, wild games. You'll get over that because it does set the t- the tone for the future.
1: Real quick, Georgia Clemson. Who wins that game?
0: Georgia uh, Clemson's offensive line is not that not that good. They have to run the football to be effective. Uh, I don't know if they can do that. And Dabo said this week that they're going to rotate two centers. Uh, that center, whichever one's playing, is going to be lined up about three inches from Jordan Davis's helmet, and that's that's not good. That's not good at all.
1: It's a massive human being. Uh, yes, yes, it is. That's going to be an awesome game. Hey, Barrett, thanks so much for joining us, man. I want to have you back on um, during the season. Maybe we'll aim for before Penn State. That's going to be a really fascinating big game. Um, appreciate it, dude. Um, cbsports.com, right? Where else you got Sirius XM? Where else you where else are you?
0: Yeah, Sirius XM on set on Sundays, and then whenever throughout the week, CBS Sports HQ. Uh, and then pretty much every social media site at Barrett leave, but don't follow on Twitter because Twitter's a cesspool and I hate that place.
1: <sighs> it is bad, it is, bad. it really is. Ible,
0: especially, Ibble. yeah, Ible. There you go. Twitter's bad, especially when it comes to hats and uh, and vaccinations
1: look man I, I no for, for, for <laughs> man I got no time for for i got no time for columnists <laughs> that don't want to show up in auburn they don't want to show up on a zoom and ask a question but they got a lot of opinions it's like man show up and ask a question and and, and then and then talk to me that'd be a nice everyone has
0: got takes everyone's got takes
1: <sighs> thanks dude yeah man all right see ya All right, we appreciate Barrett Salee joining us from CBSSports.com. Barrett's an awesome guy. I'm glad to talk some college football with with uh, with him. Um, Georgia Clemson, boy, big big game. What a massive game, week one. Goodness gracious! Um, and I've seen varying takes on that. Like, can 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 you know can Georgia or Clemson lose that game, still make the playoff? You'd think yes. I mean, especially Georgia because you got the, the whole SEC ahead of you. So Georgia absolutely can lose that game and make the playoff. Clemson, I guess, probably could too because if, if Georgia's that good and your only loss is maybe to a top six team and you run the gamut in the ACC, I, you know, and that you know, and, and, and they get better, I, I would think they, I think both these teams are not going to be left out of the playoff because of this loss. Um, But we'll wait and see. Should be a fascinating game. Alabama-Miami, that's going to be a good one as well. I think most people expect Alabama to win. We'll see if Miami can put up any kind of fight. Hey, before we get out of here, I just wanted to quickly hit on one other Auburn thing that was in, um, al.com wrote about, well, we, we've, we've told you about this at auburnlive.com, you know, a long time ago. And this is something that we've, we've been on top of al.com just kind of finally got around to writing a little bit of it as well, but, um, it's on Alan Green. Um, here's the deal. Auburn's athletic director, Alan Green, um, did interview for the Michigan State job. He, he was one of the finalists for the Michigan State job. Thought he might get that job. Turns out he didn't. Um, he was, you know, potentially going to be in the mix at Missouri, but they made a, mo- a quick move. Um, if you go back in time, Alan Green absolutely interviewed for USC. He interviewed for Northwestern. So just to confirm, because that's kind of out there a little bit now, as something that we've, we've been reporting and saying on our message boards now for, since our existence. Alan Green is gone. Um, Alan Green is not going to be Auburn's athletic director next summer. He might be, he might not be Auburn's athletic director in two months. Um, You know, it's, that's a deal where, you know, he was brought in by Stephen Leith, who was also a terrible hire. And um, once Stephen Leith was gone, uh, Alan Green was sort of in no man's land. Um, And then on top of that, Alan Green has, uh, you know, he's put the budget at the top of his list and in, in cutting costs and turning a profit. And, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's almost like Alan Green has to me, it's just my opinion, but it, to me, he's, it's looked like he has used the Auburn program as a stepping stone. Uh, he, he, he took the job. I'm not sure, you know, he's a good fundraiser. It's kind of all I heard about him seemed like an odd hire at the time, but okay. And I think he said, well, yeah, I'll go to Auburn, be the first African-American AD in the SEC. That's a big deal. Go to a place like Auburn, which is good in football and getting better in basketball. Anyway, I think he came in and almost viewed it as a, as a uh, you know, think about businesses being taken over by larger enterprises. They come in, they slash employees, they cut costs, they turn a profit, and then they sell the company and make a bunch of money. Got get the feeling that's kind of all Alan Green wanted to do with Auburn. He wanted to come in, he wanted to put his stamp on it, create new budgets, cut cost, make a profit, and then so that he can then use that to look and say, I went to Auburn and turned a profit and did this and that and and then use it to to get into his next gig. Um, that, that's just how it's felt. It's always felt like an odd fit. And I just I don't like I don't hear a lot about any big time things he's done. And so anyway. It's not surprising that he's looking for jobs. Look, I think he and Auburn talked last year and Alan Green wanted an extension and Auburn said, no, we're, you know, you're not going to get an extension right now. Well, I think at that point, you know, I think the relationship is kind of done at that point. So I think since then, Alan Green has looked for jobs. Auburn has helped him look for jobs. I don't think Auburn's going to fire Alan Green. Cause it's yeah, it's not like he's done anything to be fired over. It's just not a good fit. And so I don't think Auburn's gonna fire him, but I think absolutely Alan Green is gonna look anywhere and everywhere to get out of Auburn and um Auburn will help him in that process and that could be any day, any month, uh, any week, whatever. So that's kind of where we're at. So Alan Green, you know. Is what it is. He just just wouldn't wouldn't get very attached. I don't expect him to be uh, at all. If he's if he's around in Auburn in the spring, that would semi surprise me, but it won't be past that. So, um, when you see him come out and talk, it's, yeah, it's just you know they're looking. Auburn's obviously looking for a president right now, um, and then they'll be looking for another athletic director. Oh, what's new? What's new at Auburn? So you have Brian Harson in there trying to build a culture and build a program and do what Nick Saban's done or do what, you know, Kirby Smart or whatever, and get everybody from the top down to those programs, man, Alabama, you have no idea. It's, it is everybody is on board in those programs. It's not just that you have a great coach and that you recruit really well. It's everybody. It's all the way down the line, down to the custodians, man. Everybody's on board. Um, without that, you don't have that kind of program that's good every single year, great every single year. So if that's what you're trying to build in your Brian Harson, gosh, you got to get this figured out, man. He's going to be here and he's going to finish year one and then the AD is going to leave. You got to get somebody in um, and you got to get him on board. And so it's just kind of the same old with Auburn. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens over the next year. Um, but anyway, just wanted to kind of talk about that real quick. Cause it's kind of out there a little bit now more in the mainstream and nothing new, nothing new. Alan Green's looking to get out. Auburn's going to help him and, and, um, you know, Auburn will be looking for a new athletic director here soon. And, and the other thing with Alan Green is one thing to cut budgets. Um, you know, he wanted to come in and try to turn a profit a little odd. I mean, as an athletic department win games, I, I don't know. What are you trying to, what are you turning a profit for? I don't, I mean, you know, you don't want to lose money, but what are you doing? I mean, make money and spend it on facilities and coaches and coaching staffs and spend it on things that will then make you better and allow you to win more games and get better athletes and sell more tickets and then do it all over again. I'm not sure why we're trying to like win, but also turn a profit. I mean, I just, you know, win games. That's what you're there for. Make money, draw people, get attendance, get fans, pay your coaches, win more games, do it again. So anyway, um, I think that's rubbed badly with some coaches as well. I think there's some coaches that, that want – things done and facilities and and haven't gotten everything they were promised because again alan green wants to to come in and slash a budget and uh that's just not going to sit well when these coaches are trying to win national championships and you're telling them you know oh, you're gonna get 80 percent of what you, what we agreed on and i'm gonna slash this little thing right here at the end not a good strategy um but, you know, Alan Green's, you know, this isn't a long-term thing. It never has been for him. So, anyway, that's just sort of catch you up. Appreciate Barrett Salee joining us as Auburn prepares for Akron in the season opener. Hey, make sure you check out auburnlive.com. Subscribe. It's 10 bucks for the next year. That's ridiculous. If you don't take advantage of that, I mean, you're stealing money at this point. So, just 10 bucks. get on for the next year. Uh, save yourself some money. I know you're not going to leave. You're going to want to be a part of our site anyway, but go ahead and get the next year at discount. Uh, and make sure to check out the Auburn live podcast on Saturday morning. We'll have the, the modcast. So Cole Pinkston and Jeffrey Lee will join me in our normal modcast that, that airs on Saturday mornings. We'll be talking about the Akron game, expectations, score predictions, stuff like that. Good little listen as you get ready for the game. Appreciate everybody joining us until next time. See you.